Well, I'm pleased to see you this morning. I'm pleased to be here. I said, I like the days that we're living in right now in some ways. I love the holidays that we call them, the Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Uh, uh, they're different from the spirit of the rest of the year. I, uh, I love the festive decorations and the music and uh, I love the caring for others and the gift giving that takes place and the family gatherings and I love the great desserts and the great desserts and the great desserts and too much food. But uh, unlike most of the culture around us, this time of the year for us has deep spiritual significance. Thanksgiving is a time to pause and reflect on all that we can be grateful to God for. It'd be good if we could do that more regularly in our lives. I'll speak for myself. <laughs> we all run on such agendas and uh, drive to do this, accomplish that, that uh, to stop and to say thank you uh, is healthy for us. Christmas provides a really good time to remember how much God loves us. In spite of all the chaos in our world, uh, we know that our God is still in control. And for that, I'm grateful. We're here today uh, together. We're here with caring friends. Uh, we're here with some manner of health, at least enough to get up out of bed and be here this morning. And uh, our basic needs are being met. Uh, we have a roof over our heads. Don't think there's anybody here living in a tent, although if I had a choice, I would do that. I said we all had food on the table this morning and probably have food in the fridge and the pantry. And we had clothes to wear. We even had a choice to make. Uh, all of our basic needs are pretty well met. And uh, we have God's word. And that's what we're going to spend some time in this morning. And... Uh, his instruction is good, it's fulfilling, it's satisfying in life, and his promises are present, and they're true, and they're reliable, and uh, we'll be looking into that. We have a good reason to be thankful today. A few years ago, uh, I was reading through uh, what God had prompted in the heart of the Apostle Paul in writing letters to the churches that existed during his time, and um, I was taken back a bit by what I read at the conclusion of his first letter to the Thessalonians. Um, Pastor Mike has been walking us through Thessalonians these uh, last past weeks, and uh, I'm jumping ahead of him just a bit. I said, you sure you want me to do this? But anyway, there we are. And, um, but I, uh, I read the last closing verses there of chapter 5 in 1 Thessalonians, I was reading in the New American Standard translation, and it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I thought, yeah, rejoice always, sure, well, we'll try. <laughs> and I thought, pray without ceasing. I said, even on the freeways? Well, of course you do. It's the only way you survive. The last thought is what caught me up short. In everything, give thanks. Now, I've read that passage numerous times before, knew it, memorized it in my own life, and I've always thought, in everything, give thanks. It's good to be, be a great, have an attitude of gratitude. 
it's, it's good to be thankful for things. And I thought, that's pretty good. But for whatever reason, when I read it again, the word everything kind of jumped out at me. And I thought, everything? Hmm. I wonder what other translations have to say. And so I went to the uh, English Standard Version, the one that we use here on Sunday morning, and it, and it I said, how did it translate that in everything? And it says, give thanks in all circumstances. Hmm. Everything and in all circumstances. I said, well, that doesn't make it any easier. So I tried going to a paraphrase. I went to the uh, Living Bible just to see how they would translate this in everything. And it says, no matter what happens, always be thankful. And I'm going, there's not an out here. <laughs> hmm. A driver in a hurry cuts in front of you on the freeway and then slows down. Thank you. An important piece of mail gets delivered to the wrong address and doesn't show up for another week. Thank you. You rearrange several things on your calendar to accommodate an appointment, only to find it has been canceled. Thank you. Your computer does an update, and the program you've been using to, um, to complete a project doesn't work right now. And there's no instructions with the update. Thank you very much. In everything, give thanks. I got a lot to learn here, I think. Well, you can add to your own list of the things that uh, be in the everything that is difficult to say thanks to. Uh, when I accepted pa Pastor Mike's uh, invite uh, to fill in here this Sunday uh, while he's away, I had no idea what would be coming my way. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God concerning you in Christ Jesus. I said, hey, I got it wired, we're good. I had no idea how difficult being grateful in everything could be. Uh, after I said yes to Mike, uh, my wife had surgery, followed by six weeks of complications. She needed a specialist. Eighteen doctor's offices told us they were not accepting new patients. Thank you. What do I do, leave her on the curb? And I thought, how do I be thankful in that? Between August 1st and October 16th, four very close friends of mine died. They all knew the Lord, and they're in the presence of Jesus today, and I can celebrate that. But I had trouble being grateful for the fact they were gone. They were four of 37 that have died in the last 22 months in my life. That's just too much. I can bear one at a time. But this has been a lot for me, and how do I give thanks in that? Then I injured my back, and I was in pain for four weeks. Thank you. And then there's more trivia that just happened last week. Um, car battery died when we needed the car. Then another car stalled on the 55 freeway on the way to the doctor's office. A simple check deposit became a three-day ordeal. And I'm supposed to give thanks on all of these things? How do I do that? And why, Lord, have you allowed these things to come my way? 
Well, those are the things I've been processing this uh, past couple weeks and reflecting on today. Thinking about being thankful and in the hard times, I recall the time in our home uh, when our mortgage payment was coming due, we had only food for a few days and only $50 in the bank. I had money due to me, but it wasn't there and it was a month behind already. It was a difficult time for us. I was not inclined to give thanks. I drove out into the country, just up into the hill behind us here where I used to ride my dirt bike. <laughs> I got up on the hill and I yelled at God. I've given my life to you. I've served you faithfully. You promised to provide for all of our needs. And in a few days, we're going to be out of food and we're going to lose our home. Now, that didn't sound very grateful, I know. But that was in my heart. And I'm glad there was nobody up there on dirt bikes at the time. <laughs> As I was ranting, it seemed to me that I heard a voice. Tell me, Ed, do you have a roof over your head? Yes, but we're going to lose it in five days. Uh, tell me, Ed, did you have breakfast this morning? Yes, but in three days we're not going to have anything to eat. Uh, tell me, Ed, do you have clothes on your back? Yes, what's your point? And then there was silence. I thought... We have what we need today. But I was thinking about tomorrow's problems and not grateful for today. I wasn't trusting God to care for the tomorrow that he's been faithful to do all these years of our life. I said, I'm sorry, Lord. I don't know how you're going to meet this need, but I'm choosing to trust you now. Strange thing, the next day a youth pastor called me. We need a speaker at our retreat this weekend. Our speaker got sick. And then the next day, we got an unexpected check in the mail. After the retreat, I received an honorarium twice what normally is given for speaking at a retreat. Come Monday, we had the money to pay the mortgage and to put food in the pantry. I'm sorry, Lord, for not trusting you. Thank you for your faithfulness. I have a lot to learn about giving thanks when things don't look the way I want them to look. Seems that there are two nagging questions uh, when it comes to giving thanks in everything. How am I supposed to do that? And why do you permit this, Lord? There's a parallel passage to the, the text this morning in Everything Give Thanks, and it's found in Philippians chapter 4 beginning in verse 4. What does God tell us to do when we're overwhelmed? He says, rejoice in the Lord always. Sure. <laughs> Again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everybody. The Lord is at hand. And then catch this. Do not be anxious for anything, but in everything, the everything word again, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Don't be anxious about anything, but pray about everything. Earnestly and with thanksgiving. I thought something's not right about this passage. You don't ask for something and then say thank you. You say thank you after you get what you ask for, right? That's not what it says. It says, as I ask, I'm to give thanks. Now, how can you do that? Unless I'm asking out of faith, believing that what I'm asking for, I'll receive. And so God is expecting me to trust him in the difficult things of life, to have faith that he will answer in a way that's good. In Hebrews chapter 11, it's the chapter of all the, the people of faith and uh, listed there in the, in the scriptures. And it says in that, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Now, I can understand having trouble trusting somebody you don't know. The God I trust said to his prophet Isaiah, it's recorded in Isaiah 41.10, Fear not, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. The God I trust is with me. And he's my strength and my help. And that's true for all of us. We live in a society today that's separated uh, religious and secular. Somehow we've lost track of the fact that we all found ourselves from the same origin. The same God created every one of us. I read in the scriptures that God knit us together in our mother's womb. God created every last one of us. And what he says in his word, he says to all of us, regardless of our origins, our faith, our bringing up, whatever we are, God speaks to all humanity, for we are all his creation. And he says, I'm with you. I love you and I care for you. I am your strength. You can depend on me. Come. Trust me. Come in faith. King David wrote a song. We call them Psalms in the, in the Old Testament. And it's Psalm 139. It starts out like this. O oh Lord, you have searched me and known me. You, have, you know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before your word is on my tongue, behold, Lord, you know it all together. He knows everything about us, even what we're thinking now. And that's okay. 
He knows everything about us and still loves us. He still searches us out, pursues us. David continued, God, you hem me in behind and before. You lay your hand on me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. I can't go any place out of the presence of God. And I can stand at the hill and I can yell at him. And it doesn't turn his heart except to me. Uh, the apostle wrote to the church in Ephesus. And uh, in that letter, chapter 3, verse 20, it says this. Now to him who is able, that's God, who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. He's able to do whatever I ask. He's able to do whatever I think and do it all according to the power that's already present in our lives having come to faith in Christ. My God is able. And he loves us. A verse probably all of you know, you've seen it at football games. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the God I know and I trust. Why do I find it difficult to say thank you in the bad times, in the everythings? He is present, he is sovereign, he is strong, He's good, he is loving, and he welcomes everyone who seeks him with a whole heart. We live in a culture consumed in self-indulgence, and it's rubbed off on all of us. Well, that's what I wrote the first time I made my notes. And then I reflected on that, and I said, no, it's not the culture. We were all born with this bent. We all come with this self-centeredness, uh, me, my, mine. And as long as it's me, my, mine, I can say thank you. But when it's not, it's really difficult. We want my comfort, my pleasure. Out of my way, acknowledge me. Achieve at all costs. You owe me. It's interesting that Jesus told the disciples that are around him, he said, you want to be my disciple? Listen up. It's recorded in Luke 9, verse 23. Let this person who wants to come after me deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. 
For whoever would save his life will lose it, and whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? So he's telling me that it's a good thing for me to set myself aside. And all those things that I gotta have are driving in me, let them die. If they come, be grateful. If they don't come, be grateful. And if I don't get the satisfaction to my own personal will through everything that happens, it's not about you anymore. Let it die. And just follow me, he said. Do what I've called you to do. Be the people I've called you to be. And everything you're looking for in life, you're going to find. You'll find fulfillment, satisfaction, joy, peace. People will even like you. He didn't say that. I just observed that. Paul expressed this kind of commitment to, to Christ in this way, is the, uh, deny himself and take up your cross daily. Follow me. Paul expressed it this way in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul expressed that uh, commitment, that description of life in a letter to the Philippians. Chapter 2, verse 3, it says this, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each one of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. It's amazing how many things I'm not thankful for would disappear if I could practice that in my life. God has created us in a way that we find our fulfillment when our focus is in him and our focus is in others. I thought it was silly as a high school kid when I heard somebody tell me, you know, this life is all about Joy. Jesus, others, you. And I reflect on that. He said, the more I put, I put Jesus, I put, I put God in the forefront of my life, and I put others before me, and I hang out last, the better off I am. I can even find the ability to give thanks in everything. Well, as I considered these two questions, uh, how and why can I give thanks in everything, I, I remembered a verse in Romans. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. For we know that those, for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. For those who love God, 
All things work together for good. The translation I grew up with puts it this way, for God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are aligned with his purpose. We're not asked to give thanks for the difficulty. We're asked to give thanks to God who knows, cares, is able to help us and is present with us. In every difficult event, we can give thanks to God. Uh, last year at this time, there was a, a couple that were with us here at the church uh, from Alaska. They were on their way to Georgia. Um, my friend, Gary Harris. Um, six months prior, he was diagnosed with ALS. Uh, there have been people in our congregation who, who know what that is. It's true today, too. Gary posts in Facebook um, at least once a week. He can no longer speak. Uh, his voice is nothing but mumbles because he's lost voice control. And the nerves are gone in the upper part of his body. He can't swallow. He's having trouble breathing. It's just it's terrible from my perspective. But every week at least, and sometimes daily, he posts what's going on in his life and what he's thinking. And I can't believe how positive he can be and is and encouraging. Here's a man who understands what we've been reading about counting others is more important. Setting yourself aside, putting God first. Thursday, he sent me a, an email. He said, I am not eating Thanksgiving meal the way you are. I am having ham, turkey, green beans, apple pie, and dressing all in a blender, emulsified. I put it in my feeding tube and pump it in. I can still fall asleep with my turkey. Remember this when you're eating and thank the Lord that you can eat normally. I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip concerning me. I'm just trying to remind you about little things to be thankful for. No matter what situation you're in, you can still find little things to be thankful for. When you do this, your attitude changes for the better. I will never forget the day when my wife was told she had five days to live and there's nothing we can do for you. I remember going to the car and sitting in silence. And I remember the thought that came to my head. God causes all things to work together for good for those who love him and are aligned with his purpose. Honey, I don't know how he's going to do this, but we're going to trust him. We have to. I don't have time to tell you all the just absolutely astounding things that happened following that conversation in the car, but to simply say this, through highly unusual my word, miraculous, through highly unusual, miraculous sequence of events. She was in surgery in five days, and she's here today, 18 years later. God does gracious things by his spirit. At the hospital, we had to go into registration before the surgery, and 
we were talking to the lady there and said, you need to go to the path lab. And I said, I don't know where it is. And she says, here, I'll show you. She walked us out the door and pointed out down the hallway where the path lab was. And she stopped and looked down and then looked up and said, there's something I'm supposed to say to you. God causes all things to work together for good. I don't know this lady from anywhere. God prompted in her heart to say the words that we said we're going to trust. Can we not trust this God? Well, I know if God had different plans for for my wife and, and he took her home to himself, it doesn't change his promises and it doesn't change his presence. He still remains. I know we're all temporary here. And uh, these bodies are one day going to quit. But as long as you got breath and you can get up in the morning, live it with all you've got. Live it well. Live it well before God. Our hope rests in God and in the eternal home he has prepared for us. In the letter to the Corinthian church, uh, Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. When I'm done here, I'm in his presence, personally, face to face. This is a living hope, not a hope so. And for this, I can give thanks, even in great loss. When we turn our focus to God, who can handle all the stuff that comes our way, and even knows about it before it comes, God can turn our despair into hope. And this is all a very good reason to give thanks in a difficult time in everything. I ask the question, how do we do this? Well, we do it by setting ourselves aside, by trusting God, by praying about everything, giving thanks in faith. I ask the second question, why do you do this, Lord? Why do you permit these things to come our way? And the thought that came to my head was, Nick's verse. In, uh, in Romans chapter 8, verse 28, God causes all things to work together for good. And the next verse, verse 29, says this, For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son. God has committed to work out a good thing for us. He's already got that agenda going. And he's committed himself to shape the character and likeness of Christ in each one of us. He accomplishes that in one of two ways that I observe. One, through our willful obedience to what he says. Or two, through the consequences of our disobedience. I'm going to learn one way or the other. I either say yes, okay, or I resist and hurt, okay. So what process do I want to choose? But nonetheless, a lot of the difficulty that comes our way in life, because this is how we usually learn, most of that difficulty comes to shape in us the character of Christ. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5, it says, Have you forgotten that word of encouragement that addresses you as sons? 
My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline and do not lose heart when he rebukes you because the Lord disciplines those he loves and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son, or what, for what son is not disciplined by his father? Verse 10, our fathers disciplined us for a little while as they thought best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who are trained by it. Endure the tough stuff. Even when it's not fun. Back in Romans, in chapter 5, verse 3, it says, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. There's good consequences to the discipline that comes our way. So thank you. In the everythings... (laughs) Be grateful in the trials, for they produce good results. Last week, Mike, uh, Pastor Mike, uh, discussed the life of Job. You remember the story. A righteous man of great means who lost all he had, including his health. And the last few chapters, there's 42 chapters in the, the writing of Job. <clears throat> uh, the last five chapters is a discussion between God and, and, and Job about all this stuff that's happened in his life. And in chapter 42 and verse 5, well, beginning 42, Job said, uh, I shut my mouth, and I I got no grounds to to contend with you, God. But in verse 5, he said something that was really significant to me. My ears had heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. I think anyone who's been around here at Grace any time knows the book fairly well. You know what God says. You know about him. But I keep coming back and checking in my own heart. I said, I know about you, Lord, but do I know you? Have I seen you? Am I conscious of you? Am I grateful for you? But after all that Job went through, he got it. I knew about you, but now my eyes have seen you. And I long for that intimate, personal relationship that God offers us with himself. I long for that in my own life. I long for that in the lives of all I meet. I've had enough experience in life to know that there's, there's a lot of dead ends out there, but God is not one of them. God and trust and faith in him is an open door, an open door to everything that is pleasing and that you seek in life. The meaning, the fulfillment, the confidence that comes in a relationship with him. And in that relationship, 
The everythings are everything. And it's okay. We're a different people when we give thanks to God in all circumstances. Let me pray with you. Father, I want to thank you for what you've recorded for us in your word. I thank you for that you just didn't leave us to guess about you and about life, but you've put it in print for us. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, you sent your son who walked among us for 33 years that we could not only read about you, but we could observe you in the flesh. Knowing he was tempted in all the things that we are, yet without uh, disobedience. And because you know us and you know our weaknesses, you tell us to come. And Lord, we are grateful to you today for that privilege. And we come. And we give you thanks. In the name of Jesus, amen.